Well, praise the Lord, saints of God. Praise ye the Lord. Hello, this is Pastor Mark A. Stroud, and I thank you so very much for joining me for another broadcast right here on Kingdom Rock Radio. Well, as you know, we've been in a series entitled Healing is the Children's Bread, and this is part number seven of that series. And it is subtitled Dig Down. My friends, sometimes you're going to have to go up to dig down to rediscover what God has for you. I cannot wait for you to hear today's message. I believe it will be a great blessing to you. Now, don't forget to go to our website at www.kingdomrock.org. There you can find today's message and the entire series. So stop by the website today and be blessed. All right, without any further ado, here comes today's message, which is entitled Dig Down, right here on Kingdom Rock Radio. Enjoy. All right, hallelujah. Father, we thank you so very much in the mighty name of Jesus for this day. Lord God, we just lay upon your altar. And this morning, Father, we seek your face. We ask you, Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, that you would feed us today. You are a faithful Father and a faithful God. And we thank you, Father, that you are faithfulness itself. And that, Lord, you always hear us when we pray. When we call upon you in the mighty name of Jesus, you always respond. We thankful, we're thankful for you today. We're thankful for Jesus, thankful for his blood that was shed on our behalf, thankful that he is our Lord, God, Savior, and King. We're thankful for the shedding of his blood, for his resurrection power that is available to us. We're thankful for your Holy Spirit who is right now with us, who is the teacher. And we ask you, Holy Spirit, that you would manifest your presence fully and richly in this house, that you would teach us that you would lead us into all truth and show us things to come today. We rely on you. Let our hearts be open and receptive to hear what thus saith the Lord. Have your way in us and through us. We avail ourselves to you today in Jesus' mighty name. Let everyone that agrees say amen. 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 It is so important, saints of God, especially in this time and in this hour that we get wrapped around the word of God, that we get the word of God in us, no matter, no matter what age we are, whether we're in our uh, 80s, our 70s, or whether we're uh, 10, or whether we're 5, just hearing the word, hearing the word, being in the environment where you can get the rich word of God is so powerful. It's so powerful. And it's needful for us now not to forsake the assembly, not to forsake the hearing, uh, the hearing of the word of God, not to forsake our prayer times, not to forsake our personal Bible studies. It's so important now more than ever, because let me tell you now, if we, if we haven't learned it already, uh, after a while, all of this won't even matter. Your house, your car, your clothes, your worries, your job, all these things, all that won't even matter. This is why we must be eternity-minded right now. We must be kingdom-minded right now. Focus on Christ. We must be focused on him. All these little petty things we're worrying about won't even matter. It won't matter. Only what you do for Christ will last. And it seems like doing things for Christ is the last thing on our list. When only what we do for him is going to last. 
all other things will be burned up and it won't even matter. It won't matter. Are y'all hearing? The trials and tribulations you face now, it won't, these things won't even matter. The only thing that will matter is what you do for him. What you do for him. Ask your neighbor, what are you doing for him? What are you doing for Jesus? What are you doing for him? Are you hearing? This other stuff won't even matter. It won't matter. We must be eternity minded. Must be eternity minded. Amen. All right. Well, as you know, we've been in this series uh, for the last few, um, I guess, last month or so uh, entitled Healing is the Children's Bread. Healing is the children's bread. And as you've noticed, we've undergo some changes. Some of you may have noticed right away when you came into the came into the church today as the Lord changes seasons once again. Uh, you've got to be part to see it. Are you hearing me? As he changes seasons with us once again. Uh, today we're going to be speaking from the subtitle of Dig Down. Dig Down. And you'll get more into that as we get into the rich word of God today. Because remember the purpose of this series is for us to be healed and for us to minister healing to others. God wants you to be healed. As a matter of fact in God's book you already healed. He has already done the work. If you were to go into heaven right now and look on the log books, look, it is already printed in writing. Jesus has already done the work. You are already healed. We are already healed. Hallelujah. Well, what's going on then? What's the hindrance? What's the hindrance to our manifestation of the healing? Why haven't we experienced the full impact of it yet? Well, in this series, this is what we've been talking about. And uh, this is actually part number seven in that series. So if you have not heard part six, seven, uh, rather six, five, four, three, two, or one, make sure you go back, go online or get the CDs. Uh, CDs are available from last uh, from last Sunday. As a matter of fact, they're just not over there, but they are available. So make sure that we uh, someone will get those and bring them over before we leave today. All right. Well, let's go back into the word of God today. Let me get some more healing scriptures in your hearing because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the rich word of God. So let's start here with the book of Exodus, Exodus 23. Through 25. I'm going to give you a few scriptures today for you to glean on. Some of these we've been going over uh, for, through the course of this series, and I just want to bring them back in your hearing. You cannot hear it too much. Amen. And so here we are in Exodus 23, verse 25 out of the King James Version, and it says this And ye shall serve the Lord your God, and he shall uh, bless thy bread and thy water, and I will take sickness away from the midst of thee. Isn't that wonderful? Let's go to um, Psalm 103, Psalm 103. So right away we saw in Exodus 23, 25, as you serve the Lord, God will take sickness away from you. Serve the Lord, he'll take sickness away from you. Are you hearing? Um, Psalm 103, verse 1 through 5 reads like this. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Who forgiveth all thine iniquity, who healeth all thy diseases. 
Here's God's plan for you and I, who redeemeth thy life from destruction, who crowneth thee with loving kindness and tender mercies. Verse 5, who satisfieth thy mouth with good things, who rather so that thy youth is renewed like the, what, like the eagles. It's God's desire to satisfy you with good things. That's his desire. That's his plan. He wants to satisfy you with good things. God's word is very good. His promises to you are very good. We've got to latch hold and get into it. Amen. Amen. Let's look at another. Let's look at 1 Peter. We're going to be looking at this today. 1 Peter 2, verse 24. 1 Peter 2, 24 says this out of the King James Version. Who his own self bear our sins in his own body on the tree, that we, being dead to sins, should live unto righteousness, by whose stripes what? Ye were healed. I told you in God's book, you're already healed. It's already accomplished. Let's look at one more. First John 4, 17. First John 4, 17. And this is how it reads. Herein is our love made perfect, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment. Because as he is, talking about Jesus, as Jesus is, so are we in this world. Jesus is perfectly healed and whole. As he is, so are we in this world. You've got to say that. You've got to believe that. As he is, so am I in this world. Come on, say that. As Jesus is, so am I in this world. Hallelujah. I guarantee you Jesus is not walking around heaven on crutches. I guarantee you. I guarantee you he's not on a scooter. I, I guarantee that he is perfectly whole, that he is perfectly healthy. Hallelujah. As he is, as he is accepted in the sight of God, as, as, um, as he is holy, what he is is what we are. Hallelujah. Amen. Glory to God. Glory to God. So today we're going to be looking at scripture. Our main thought will be coming from the book of Mark. Mark, the second chapter. So I pray that you're ready to dive and get in this now. Buckle your seatbelts because here comes the rich word of God for you today. As I have sought the Lord, oh my God, as I, have, as, I, as I have sought the Lord for you, this is the word that God has given me to give to the church. It has given me to give to this local body here and to the church world at large. So I pray that you are in position to hear what thus saith the Lord. Mark the second chapter, verses 1 through 12, we'll start here. And then we'll go back and we'll talk for a while. And I'm going to get to you, um, uh, let you know what, we're, what the Holy Spirit is talking about when he's talking about digging down. You're going to have to dig down. So uh, Mark, the second chapter, verses 1 through 12 of the King James Version. This is how it reads. And again, he entered into Capernaum after some days, and it was noise that he was in the house. And straightway many were gathered together, insomuch that there was no room to receive them, no, not so much as about the door. And he preached the word unto them. And they come unto him, bringing one sick of the palsy, which was born of four. And when they could not uh, come nigh unto him for the press, they uncovered the roof where he was. And when they had broken it up, um, they let down the bed wherein the sick, uh, the sick of the palsy lay. When Jesus saw their faith, he said unto the sick of the palsy, help me read it, 
son, thy sins be forgiven thee. Verse 6, but there was certain of the, of the scribes sitting there and reason in, reasoning in their hearts, why doeth this man thus speak blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God only? And immediately when Jesus perceived in his spirit that they so reason within themselves, he said unto them, why reason ye these things in your hearts? Whether is it easier to say to the sick of the palsy, thy sins be forgiven thee, or to say, arise and take up thy bed and walk, but that ye may know that the Son of Man hath power on earth to forgive sins. He saith to the sick of the palsy, I say unto thee, arise and take up thy bed. And go thy way into thine house. And immediately he arose, took up the bed, and went forth uh, before them all, in so much that they were all amazed and glorified God, saying, We never saw it on this fashion. Can somebody say, Praise the Lord? Oh, this is so wonderful. This is so wonderful. There are so many things that we could. Uh, that we could talk about here today so many in so many ways there are so many things that the that the Lord is revealing I mean so many different pathways that we could see uh, if the Lord were to grant it, uh, we could talk about how this man that was paralyzed, the Bible does not say that, um, that he could not speak or that he could not see or hear. It simply says that he could not move. He was paralyzed. He could not move, but he could speak. Uh, we, could, we could really talk about how he was able to use what he had to get to his miracle, how he was able to, to speak to those gentlemen, hey, take me to where Jesus was. Even though he could not move, he was able to speak to others so that others could take him to where Jesus was. And how these four men represented intercessors, how they were able to take this man's cause, lift it up, and carry it into the presence of the Lord. We could talk about that too. We can also talk about how these four men uh, carried this carried this paralyzed man and man and and when they got to the house they saw such a great number of people surrounding the house but how that did not deter them they moved around the people and then they went up into a higher place and then once they were up in a higher place they began to dig down they began to dig through the roof why were they digging through the roof because they were trying to see Jesus. We could talk about that. We could talk about how they had to uncover something so that they could recover something that God had given unto them. We could talk about how they, how they had to remove um, the covering so that they could discover all that God had for them. We could talk about all those little things. But the main thing that God wants you to see today is how they had to dig down. There was something blocking them from seeing Jesus, something blocking them, something between them and Christ. And this whole case, this whole scenario, this whole account is about these men bringing their condition before the presence of the Lord. And there was something blocking. First, there was a lot of people, a lot of flesh blocking them. And we could also talk about how this house represents you. 
Because you are the temple of the Lord. You are the house of the Lord. And how there are so many voices all about you, so many people that get in your way from seeing Jesus. How many, sometimes all these people can be offensive, offensive, and it's hard for you to get in contact with the Lord. That's why God says you've got to climb up into a higher place, and you've got to dig through, dig through, dig through, dig through where no one else will dwell, where no one else will go. You've got to dig through dig through and get to him because Jesus is with you Jesus is in the house hallelujah he's in the house and it's so thrilling to me it's so thrilling to me how the Bible says and and and, and really I just have to pause every time I read this because the Bible says in verse number two that Jesus was was in the house and the last phrase here is and he preached the word unto them oh my god Gene I'm telling you he preached who's preaching today Jesus is preaching really really let's go let's go let's hear Jesus oh he's preaching today he's preaching today Jesus is is in the house. Jesus is preaching the word of God. He's preaching and souls are being saved, set free and delivered. Jesus is in the house preaching. No wonder they couldn't get in the door. No wonder there's so many people. Jesus is in the house and he's preaching the word of God. He's preaching to them. Go Jesus. Go Jesus. Go Jesus. Preach. 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 Jesus. Oh my God. That means so much to me. He's in the house preaching the word oh oh to be at the door hearing the word of God coming from the master himself Jesus is the master teacher well he's the pastor of pastors the apostle of the apostles the teacher of teachers he is everything and he's in the house preaching the word of God oh that just excites me so much and so there he's in the house preaching. And the Bible says here in verse number four, they come unto him, bringing one sick of the palsy. And it says they uncovered the roof. Literally, they broke the roof in pieces. They took the man's roof apart. How audacious is that? Jesus is in my house and he's we're having a home Bible study. No, let's take it to your house. He's in your house and you're having a home Bible study and all the neighborhood come out to hear Jesus and people come up. Oh, bless their hearts. And you're sitting in your living room in front of your nice flat screen TV or whatever you got. And Jesus is in there in front of the fireplace, you know, and he's preaching the rich word of God and people are shouting and, and people just going outraged. And of course, you know, you got some religious types in there who's sneering at Jesus. Hmm. Mm, who does he think he is? Mm -hmm. But Jesus nonetheless is preaching the word of God. Then all of a sudden you hear here on your roof. What the? What? And then all of a sudden you see sheetrock begin to fall. Then insulation starting to fall. What in the world is happening? There's somebody on your roof tearing your roof apart trying to get to Jesus. Somebody is desperate. Who going to fix my roof? How audacious was that? How audacious was that? That they would take the time to break up this man's roof, probably didn't ask or anything. They just did it. Of course, the roofing at that time was different than it is today. I'm sure they had full knowledge of how to put it back together. At least I hope they did. 
but they broke the roof apart. They broke the tiles apart and, and, and the sticks and whatever was there making up the roof. They, they broke it apart and they let this man down. Piece by piece, they dug through. They dug through dug through in order to get to Jesus. Let's put this in pauses for a moment because I wonder how often are you and I digging through the crud in your life trying to get to Jesus? How often are we seeking his face? How, how desperate are we for the Lord? Are we so comfortable in our own lives that we no longer seek him? Have the problems just come and they're speaking so loud that you can't hear Jesus anymore? No, no, no. Today, we need to be desperate for him, desperate for his presence, desperate to be one with him, desperate for his power in our lives, desperate to see him. I want to see the Lord. I want to see the Lord. And I'm willing to go through whatever I got to go to through to get in his presence once again and I pray that you're in that same mindset hallelujah if not then what are you feeding on what is taking up your mind what is taking up your attention what is so important that it outweighs the king of glory in your life especially when you say that you are saved you say that you know Jesus. You say that you're going to heaven. But so many other things have gotten to be so very much more important to you than he is. There's something wrong and we got to repent. We're going to have to dig again. We're going to have to dig down. Are you hearing me? We're going to have to dig down. It should be the very most important thing in your life. The very most important person in your life is Jesus. He's the one who saved your soul. He's the one who has redeemed you and set you free. All these other things after a while won't matter. It won't matter. We have to go back to the default setting. To the default setting, some of you may have smartphones or computers and other things of that device, I mean other devices, and, and sometimes you'll have to go back and when things get all messed up, just hit the reset button. Take it back to the default setting, the way it was when it came from the factory. Just take it back to that. Take it back because we've allowed too much stuff to come in. Are you hearing? Too much stuff to come in. So many other things are so important. Facebook and all these other things are so important now that we don't have time to talk to Jesus. We got time to gripe with our friends, but we don't have time to get into the presence of God and take your request before the Lord. So many things are so important, but I'm telling you, you need to get right back in the face of God and surrender unto him and give our lives to him anew and afresh again. I pray you're hearing today. I pray you're hearing today. The most important thing we're going to see here is in verse number five. In verse five says that when Jesus saw their faith, he did not say you were healed. That was not the first thing that he said. He saw the sickness, but the first thing he said was your sins be forgiven you. In this account, we will see how sin relates to healing. How sin relates to healing. More particularly, we will see, uh, yeah, we'll see sin and sickness, and we'll see forgiveness and healing. Sin and sickness and forgiveness and healing. So let's talk a moment about sin and healing or sin and um, 
yeah, sin and healing. Let's talk about that for a moment. So let's go to Psalm 103 and let me show you a pattern. Let me show you a pattern in Psalm 103, verse number, um, verse number two through five. Let me show you a pattern here because there is a pattern between sin and sickness and forgiveness and healing that is all throughout the word of God. And this is how it reads, Psalm 103, verse number, five, verse number uh, two through five. Rather, let's just do two and three. And it says, bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. We've just read this a moment ago. Who forgiveth all your, what, iniquities. Iniquities is what? Sin. Who forgiveth all your sins and does what? Who healeth all thy diseases. Can you see that in the word of God? Let's look at uh, 1 Peter. We read this a moment ago, too. Let's look at 1 Peter 2, 24. And it says, now look at these in this light. As we said a moment ago, there's a relationship between sin and sickness. There's a relationship between forgiveness and healing. So 1 Peter 2, 24 says this, who his own self bear our what? Sins in his own body on the tree, that we being dead to sins should live unto righteousness, by whose stripes ye were what? Healed. So he dealt, he dealt with the sin first, and then he releases the healing. Are you seeing that? This is so powerful. Jesus, uh, I love the way the Amplified Bible reads. It reads this, this same uh, case. It's now on the screen. You just have to listen to me. The classic uh, edition of the Amplified Bible says this. He personally bore our sins in his own body on the tree, as on an altar and offered himself on it that we might die, cease to exist to sin and live to righteousness by his wounds. We have been healed. I love that. First, he deals with the sin and then a release of healing. Then there's a release of healing, right? Let's look at another one. Let's look at um, Psalm 25. You may not be convinced yet. So let's look at Psalm 25, verse number 18. And it says, look upon mine, what, affliction. That's some sort of sickness. Look upon my affliction and my pain and do what? Forgive all my what? All my sins. Are you getting this yet? Let's go further in the New Testament now. Let's go to the book of James. Let's go to James. Let's look at James, um, fifth chapter verse uh, 13 through 15. It says, uh, is any among you afflicted? Let him pray. Is any merry? Uh, let him sing psalms. Look at verse 14. Is any sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anoint him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith shall what? Save the sick or cure the sick, heal the sick, and the Lord shall raise him up. And if he have committed what? sins they shall be forgiven him there is a relationship between sickness uh, between sin and sickness healing or rather and forgiveness and healing right there is a relationship let me tell you now not all time not not all sickness is uh, related to sin but much is are you hearing now let me show you this too uh, again uh, let's go to um, let's go to John John 5th chapter John 5 now, many times sickness, again, is attributed to sin, or we can say is attributed to disobedience, but not always. But sometimes, again, it really is. It really is. Many times in the Old Testament, you saw when the children of Israel messed up, uh, here comes the plague. 
They sinned, and here comes the plague. Something happened. They repented, got back in fellowship, and um, the plague was gone. The plague was stayed. It stopped. Right? So what happened is, is God the one, is God waiting with a bolt of lighting and sickness? Is he waiting to punish you with sickness and disease? Is he going to put sickness on you to teach you a lesson? How many times have you read in the Bible where Jesus went around, uh, went around putting sickness on people? And then he went on, went about healing them. If he's going to put sickness on people, he's working against himself. And he said plainly about the devil's kingdom, a kingdom divided against itself cannot stand. So why would he go and put sickness on somebody and then heal somebody else? That's not the case. What happens is that we are under, as long as we're in God's will, we're under his divine covering. And we are protected from all the stuff that is already down here. Sickness and disease doesn't, doesn't just appear out of nowhere when we do something wrong, uh, when we do something wrong, or something bad doesn't just automatically appear when we do something wrong. No, it's already there. It was always there, but when we stepped out from under God's covering, then we became susceptible or vulnerable to, um, to uh, getting engaged with that. Does that make sense? We step out. We step out. And we know we can oftentimes feel the fear of that. When we know we've done something wrong, we begin to feel a darkness around us. When we know we've sinned before God, we know it when we get out of fellowship. It just doesn't feel right. It feels uh, lonely. We feel weak. We feel weak when we know we're out of fellowship with God. And we're vulnerable to the attack of the enemy. That's why we need, when you sin, you need to get right back up quickly and repent before the Lord and renounce that thing and come back into proper uh, fellowship with him. Are you hearing me? As we said before, the relationship is never broken. You're still his son. You're still his daughter. That relationship is never broken, but the fellowship is broken. When we walk off from him, we break ties uh, in, in fellowship. And we come from under the covering that he has given unto us that would keep us safe. Now, I want you to see something here, too. Uh, again, how uh, sickness here again um, can be related to sin. Uh, John 5th chapter, verses 13 through 15. We see here the man uh, at the pool of Bethesda. Jesus has healed him and uh, he's carrying his bed and some religious leaders stop him and ask him, uh, why are you carrying your bed? And he said, uh, a man told me to do it. They said, what man? He said, I don't know. And this is where we're coming in here in verse number 13. And he that was uh, healed wist not know, or, or he did not know who it was, for Jesus had conveyed himself, or he slipped away, uh, a multitude being in that place. Verse number 14. Afterward, Jesus find, findeth him in the temple and said unto him, Behold, thou art made what? Whole. Then what does he tell him? Sin no more, at least a worse thing come upon thee. And the man departed and told the Jews that it was Jesus. Jesus did it. Oh, man, it's like you're messing up already all over again. I don't understand that. But here's the Lord. He tells him, you're healed now. You've been made whole now. Don't go back into that. At least something worse happened to you. So there is a relationship again between sin and sickness, healing and forgiveness. Look at that same verse, verse 14 out of the New Living Translation. I love the way it breaks it down because it's even clearer to us. It says, but afterwards, Jesus found him in the temple and told him, now you are well. Stop, so stop sinning or something even worse may happen to you. So it's getting very clear to me. I pray it's getting very clear to you. 
that there's a relationship between sin and sickness and forgiveness and healing. Are you hearing? Now, let me show you that I call this the granddaddy of them all. If you're not convinced, if you're not convinced yet, let me show you the granddaddy of them all. In uh, Mark, or rather, I'm sorry, 1 Corinthians 11, verses 27 through 32. Why are we going through all this scripture? Because I'm trying to convince you of something. I'm trying to convince you of something. Now, I'm telling you again that not all sickness, not all sickness is related to sin, but much of it is. So let me show you these things here. 1 Corinthians 11, chapter, verses 27 through 32. This is where we find the communion and, uh, and what happens here. We know that in this case, uh, in 1 Corinthians 11, chapter, there were people coming together. When they, when they came together to meet, to partake in communion, some people got there early for the purpose of getting drunk on the communion wine. Can you imagine that? Come to the house of God to get drunk. And some people were coming to just, um, um, uh, you know, just gorge themselves out on the bread. So they were getting fat and they were getting drunk. And so the man of God said, hey, 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 what's wrong with y'all down there? What's wrong with y'all? They had completely, now they were completely irreverent. They had no reverence for the body and blood of Jesus. And this is what we're going to find out here. Let's look at verse 27. It says, so anyone... And this is why he says, so anyone who eats this bread or drinks this cup of the Lord unworthily or irreverently is guilty of sinning against the body and blood of the Lord. That is why you should what? Examine yourself. Underline that in your word and your Bible or make notes of it. This is why you should examine yourself before eating the bread and drinking the cup. For if you eat the bread uh, or drink the cup without honoring the body of Christ, you are eating and drinking God's judgment upon yourself. That is why many of you are weak, sick, and some have even died. Notice the progression here. Weak, no, that is no longer strong, and then sick, and then die. He said, this is why uh, many of you are weak, sick, and, and some have even died. Verse 31, but if ye, but if ye would examine yourselves, uh, ye would not be judged by God in this way. Verse number 32, yet when ye are judged by the Lord, you are being, or rather we are being disciplined so that we will not be uh, condemned along with the world. So right away, I hear somebody saying, see, that's why I don't take communion. That's why I don't take it. Mm -mm, I am taking communion because I don't want God to judge me. I'm sorry. Simple, simple, simple person. That is not what the word of God is saying. Let me enlighten you. If you are so backwards so rebellious to God that your main plan to come to church is to get drunk on the communion wine or to gorge yourself out on the bread. Yeah, you do need to come to the altar because we really need to pray for you. But understand something. If they were that bold to get slapped drunk in church on Sunday, what's happened on Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday and Friday and Saturday? Something has taken them over that they think it's okay. 
it's communion Sunday. Woo-hoo, boy. Woo-hoo. It's communion Sunday. Let's go early. Let's go early. Let's go early. And let's go get drunk. I'm telling you. Woo. I can't wait. I'm so glad we get drunk now. They dishonored Christ the rest of the week as well. Something that makes you so bold to think that I can come to church and get drunk. That's something very wrong. And what you see here, the sin that, that really they partake in is, is idolatry. Idolatry. Now, now, the Bible doesn't say they have little totems in their house and all that stuff, but what the true nature of idolatry is, when you know the word of God, you know what God says, but you put your own desires above that. You put your own desires above that. Let me give you a good example. Uh, there was a man who, um, who really, he loved to bowl. He loved to bowl, and uh, he would watch the bowling sport, you know, on TV when he couldn't bowl. And here was the, 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 this great tournament on, on the bowling channel there, and he was going to watch that thing. Boy, he was ready, had his popcorn ready, the TV turned to it, and he was ready to watch it, ready to watch it. And so when it's almost time, uh, almost came time for it to come on, uh, he felt the prompting of the Lord to go pray. He said, well, Lord. God said, it's time for you to pray. Go pray. He said, Lord, I, I, you know, I, I hear you, Lord. I, I hear you, Jesus. And I promise you, right after this, I will pray. Hey, I'll pray for two hours. But let me just watch this first. And so the prompting of the Lord continued on him. He got, he got stronger and stronger and stronger. And he said, Lord, it's about to come on. It's about to come on. I can't miss this. It's about to come on. I tell you, I'll pray. I'll pray all day tomorrow. I'll pray all night tonight. Just let me do this. Let me do this. And the prompting continued to be stronger and stronger and stronger. And the event came on and he watched it. But what he didn't notice is that the prompting slowly diminished. After the game was over, after the bowling match was over, had a great time, went into his room to pray, nothing, nothing. Could not feel the spirit of God for anything. Could not feel God for anything. And he cried, said, Lord, I'm here, I'm here, I'm here. And he said, the Lord told him, I didn't want your sacrifice, I wanted your obedience. I wanted your obedience. And this thing was a test for this man. God didn't care if he watched the bowling, but it was a test to let him see that he honored or he valued uh, the bowling thing more than he did him. And for him, for that man, that was idolatry. And how often are we in, our, in, in uh, idolatrous relationships? What do you honor more than God? And so here we are here in the scripture. They're coming together to partake of Jesus' body, the Lord's body, the Lord's body and blood. This is supposed to be a reverent thing, a time of honoring God. And they know what this is. This is still fresh. They know what this means. But they keep their desires in front of it and say, you know what? We're going to have a good time instead. We're going to have a good time instead. And so the Bible says the cure for this, he says, first of all, you have to examine yourself. Say examine yourself. Exactly. Now, the two words for examine here are two different Greek words. The first word for examine yourself is dokimazo, uh, dokimazo. Uh, and it means to test, examine, prove, scrutinize to see whether a thing is genuine or not as metals. 
scrutinize. He said, you've got to examine yourself. Test yourself. Prove your own self. Scrutinize your own self. Does that make sense? So that God won't have to do it. Scrutinize your own self. Are you in the faith? He said, if you would do this, you would avoid that. You would avoid this weak, sick, and die prematurely. If you would examine yourself. Secondly, he said, uh, in verse number 31, he said, but if, ye, if we would examine ourselves. Again, the word examine here uh, in the Greek is diakrino, uh, diakrino. And that means to separate, to separate, make a distinction, discriminate. All right, in our society today, that's a very bad word, but this is not what it's talking about here. Discriminate, it means to prefer, to uh, give judgment, to decide a dispute, to withdraw from one, to desert. He says, if you would separate, he said, if you would examine yourselves we would not be judged by God in this way. Listen to what it said. If you would examine yourselves, you would not be judged by God in this way. What way? Weak, sick, die prematurely. If you would examine yourself, in other words, if you would separate yourself from what? From the things of the world. If you would separate yourself, if you would come out from among them and be ye separate, if you stop touching the unclean thing, because understand something, when we come out from under the covering of God, we will begin to experience the judgment that is already falling on this world. Are you hearing? Let me give you another example of this. I told you about this before. My little cat, you know, um, she, she would come into the house and have some fleas on her. I said, no, no, no. No, no, sister, sorry. This will not happen in this house. Hallelujah. So I treated her, I treated the house, and then I told her to stay in the house, as best as you can tell a cat, stay in the house while I went to Home Deep and Poe, and um, I bought some yard, uh, yard spray that I attached to my hose, and I sprayed, I treated the yard. Now, this spray was judgment on the, um, on the, on the uh, fleas and ticks and everything else that's in the yard, anything that could get on her. I was spraying judgment. Now, she had to stay in the house because this stuff could be damaging to her. Now, she has a tendency to try to run out in the house when you open the door. Stay in the house now. Stay in, stay in the house. Dad is going to go out and spray the yard. Stay in the house. Judgment is falling in the yard. Now, she gets the big head and decides to run out from among the father and run on out in the yard anyway, and she gets sick. It's not my fault because judgment was falling, and I had her in a safe place under a safe covering. Somebody's got that. Safety and in covering. She's in my will as she's in the house. As long as she stays in my will in the house where there is plenty of good cat food to eat, toys and whatever else in the house, she's perfectly provided for. But if she decides to go out because she gets in the window and sees somebody else out there, <laughs> sees a bird or sees something else, who I got to get that bird? Who I got to get that bird? If you stay in the will of God, Amen. the judgment won't fall on you. Amen. And so here we have it here. God said, if you would separate yourself, 
If you would separate yourself, examine yourself, separate yourself. If you would discriminate, that is, if you would make a decision what is of God and what is, of, and what is not, and you would pull away from those things, then you would not be under the judgment that's already here. Hallelujah. And so the Lord tells them that you're coming, you're coming, you're meeting together. That's great. But you're coming with the wrong motives. You're not honoring Christ. But this honoring Christ didn't just happen here on Sunday or on Saturday, whenever they were doing this. It didn't just happen then. They dishonored Christ throughout the rest of their lives. They were an idolatrous people. They were idolatrous people. And because of that, the wrath that was never meant for them came upon them. They came from under the covering of God and they experienced the, the wrath or the punishment that the rest of those were meant to receive, not them. And so the, the cure, really, if they wouldn't come around, they wouldn't stop going around there. Uh, the, what he had to do, he, he allowed them to become weak. He allowed them to become sick. He allowed them to die prematurely. It's either that or let that judgment fall on them permanently. Does that make sense? One of the things that a shepherd will do, if a sheep keeps running off, some of you know, if a sheep keeps running off from the fold and continues to run off, the shepherd will break the sheep's legs. (laughs) Hallelujah. But again, sickness is not always attributed to sin but many times it is. The cure here is to separate ourselves. The Bible says that we should be holy for God our Father is holy. And it is very true that as you are in Christ, God calls you holy. And what he calls you, you are. You are holy in the sight of God. You are positionally holy in the sight of God, but behaviorally holy, we're lacking. Some people hide behind their positional holiness and say, I'm holy with God, but you still treat people like dogs. That's not of God. That is just just like if a man were to tell his wife, hold up, hold up their marriage license and say, honey, we're married. We're married. So I'm going to go out and go date somebody else. Now, positionally, yes, they are married. But behaviorally, is he acting married? He's not honoring the covenant, even in his actions, not honoring the covenant. Are you hearing? All right, let's go and wrap this thing up. Now, let me show you some cases, one or two cases of how sickness is not related, uh, is not related to sin. Let's go to John 9, chapter John 9. Are you getting anything out of this today? John 9, John 9, let's look at verse 1 through 3. And uh, as Jesus passed by, uh, he, uh, he saw a man that he saw a man which was uh, blind from his birth. And verse two, and his disciples asked him, master, uh, or saying, master, who did sin? Okay, he's born blind. That's some sort of sickness or abnormality. It must be related to sin. They said, who did sin? This man or his parents that he was born blind? Because many of the Jews thought that you could sin in the womb. So they said, if he's born blind, it's either mom and daddy did something, or he did something where he was a baby in the womb. I don't know what kind of sin the baby did, but he had to do something. Who did sin, Jesus? The man or his parents? 
What did Jesus respond? He said, neither hath this man nor his parents, uh, but that the works of God should be manifest in him. Are you hearing that? He didn't see it. Some things are um, genetic. There are generational curses. Some things have nothing to do with you and I. But we know that, of course, in Romans, the fifth chapter, verse 12, we know that uh, when Adam sinned, uh, death entered, or rather, sin entered, sin entered into the world, and, of course, death by sin. And uh, death claims a lot of people through sickness. Now, not all deaths are, uh, not, not when people, not all people die because they're sick. Right? But death claims many people through sickness. Are you hearing? So sin can open the door to death, and death can open the door to sickness. And that originates from, of course, the original sin from Adam there. But not all sickness, not all death is related to sickness. Now, let's look at the root. Why are we sick? Why, why uh, can we be sick? Or why is sickness here? There are about five reasons that I'll give you today. And then we'll begin to uh, close out. Five reasons. Anybody want to know where they are? The first reason, of course, is sin. Sin. We have sin and sickness has come. Second reason, neglect. We have just neglected our bodies. I can't get no talk in here. Third, it's just foolish behavior. We did some things foolishly, and we should not have done it. They dared you to jump off the roof, and you jumped off the roof. Now you broke your leg, and now some sort of, uh, some sort of disease is set up in the leg, and all this... And all that, you know, you broke it. Oh, Lord, why is God punishing me? Why is God punishing me? Why is he punishing me? No, God didn't do it. You jumped off the roof. And now you got some sort of infection in you. Uh-oh. Okay. Sickness can, be, sickness can be caused because of just being foolish, just foolish decisions. Right? Third, or rather fourth, uh, what? Genetic. Or um, generational curses, generational sickness. You have you go into the doctor's office to ask you. You have high blood pressure. Anybody you have, anybody in your family have high blood pressure? And they go through. They, why do they do that? Because some things travel down generationally. Nothing to do with you. You were just born into the family, right? And the fourth, the rather fifth thing is what? Another cause for sickness is demonic. In many cases, there is a demon that is causing the sickness. So you're going to have to seek the Holy Spirit as to why, what reason uh, is the sickness here in my body? Why are my eyes weak? Why, you know, I don't know. Why do I have the whatever, whatever's? Okay, whatever your, your whatever is your whatever. Are you hearing me? Why? If it is because of um, sin, neglect, or foolishness, we just got to repent. God, forgive me. I was just stupid. Excuse my French. I shouldn't have, I shouldn't have done that. I shouldn't have done better. I should have done that. If it's uh, genetic, we just got to um, rebuke that generation of curse and just cut that thing off in Jesus' mighty name. We got to get deliverance from that. The same thing was with uh, being demonically inspired. We got to get deliverance from it. But there is a way to turn back from it. And receive the healing that uh, God has for us. 
Now I can show you one more case in, in um, Luke, we won't read it all, but in Luke the 13th chapter, this is where the woman uh, was bowed over for 18 years and Jesus says clearly that she was bound by Satan. Bound by Satan. And when he dealt with the spirit, the woman straightened up. So many other times when epilepsy, we saw this a few weeks ago when the young man had epilepsy, it was a spirit. When the spirit was gone, the boy was healed. So some things can be demonically inspired. When the spirit goes, that goes too. So ask the Holy Spirit, what is the root of this thing? What is the root of this? Because Jesus will deal with the root before he deals with the fruit. If you were in a boat and you're out at sea somewhere and you look down at your feet and you notice how your socks were getting a little wet and you notice that there's water coming up in the boat. It's not over, it's not over your foot yet, but you know water is coming in. Do you A, get a cup and start shoveling the water out or do you B, find where the hole is and plug it up and then bail out the water? Deal with the root first, and then you deal with its fruit. As we go back here in Mark, the second chapter, when this man that was, um, had the palsy, uh, when he was let down through the roof, Jesus saw their faith, and the first thing that he said was what? Son, thy sins be forgiven thee. In this case, the sickness was related to the sin. He forgave the sin, and then eventually he released the healing. Does that make sense? He forgave the sin and then released the healing. But as it goes back to the very beginning, goes back to the very beginning, there is something that is blocking you from receiving the healing. And we got to dig down, dig down to get to Jesus dig down to get into his presence uncover whatever it is break through whatever it is that is stopping you from getting to him it may take times of prayer and and fasting you asking the holy spirit help me to get into into your presence help me to break up and break apart whatever is hindering me from receiving my miracle in this case, again, it was some sort of sin, but it could be, could be where, in your case, it may be where it was neglectful. It may be something that is generational. Are you hearing? I'm not sure what the case is, but whatever it is, we can seek the Holy Spirit about it. We can repent. We can pray. We can seek deliverance, uh, effectively breaking through the roof so that we can contact, have contact with Christ. Now, some said, well, that was a physical Jesus in that day. He was physically in the house. But Jesus is with you spiritually. He is still in your house. The healer, if you are indeed born again, the healer is in the house. The healer is in the house. But you're still going to have to break through to receive all that you need to receive from him. I pray you've heard the word of God today. We're going to stop there in Jesus' mighty name. Give the Lord a mighty hand of praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You got to dig down now. You got to dig down. Hallelujah. Father, this morning in the mighty name. We pray that you are blessed today by the ministry. Remember, if you would like to hear this message in its entirety and even hear the entire series, just go to our website at www.kingdomrock.org. 
That's www.kingdomrock.org. We will be so glad to connect with you. While you're there on the website, make sure to consider a financial donation in support of the ministry. And don't forget, if you're in the area, stop on by and visit with us every Sunday morning at 10 a.m. and Wednesday night at 7 p.m. We're located at 180 Helton Road in Bremen, Georgia. Stop on by. And don't forget, while you're on the website, sign up for Kingdom Inspirations. We believe it's going to be a blessing to you. All right, until next time, remember that Jesus loves you and so do we. Choose Him as your Lord today. Only He can make a way.